What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Compulsive Podcast, also a video cast if you're watching this on YouTube. Now, if you're listening to the podcast version, don't worry. I'm just going to be putting some slides on the screen and I'm going to be talking to each of those slides here so you're not missing anything out. But please, by all means, check the link in the show notes if you want to check out the video version. Something that comes up a lot, I get asked this a lot, is I'm new to Apple development. I want to get started with Swift and making apps for iPhone and iPad and the Mac. Where do I get started? And I thought, well, let me see if I can try and answer this for you here in this episode. That's what I'm going to do. Now, first of all, though, depending on who you ask, you are going to get differing opinions from each and every person. So let's make that clear, right? There is no definitive right or wrong here. What I'm going to do, I'm going to take the approach that if you were coming to me and I was going to hire you as a new developer, right, starting out, or, you know, you wanted to get into it and looking for advice, uh, I'm going to give you the list of things that I would be looking for. And hopefully this is going to give you some areas to start with. There are a ton of other things not listed here, but you will encounter a lot of common areas as you work through uh, what I've got on this list. So let's go ahead and get started here. First of all is MVVM. Now, MVVM is a programming pattern. If you don't know what programming patterns are, that's fine. Don't worry. We have lots of fancy technical terms for things that are really simple concepts once you actually start to learn them and realize it's just a fancy name. MVVM stands for Model View View Model. And what this does is think of it as a breaking down the data and the code within your application into sensible, manageable chunks, each having its own area of responsibility. So first of all, you've got the model. Now the model in this case, let's go with something very simple here for the data on this. We're just going to use my name, two parts here, first name, last name. So Peter and Widom, that is the model, right? That's my data for my application. And the model doesn't know anything about the rest of the, the, the application. It doesn't need to. It just stores information. Now, it's also going to be the area where that information will be uh, recalled or sent out to a server or a file, you know, whichever way all happens there in the model. It's the way of designing and describing the data for our application. Then in the middle, you have what's called a view model. Now, as the name suggests, this sits right there and knows about both parts of the application. The view model is responsible for getting the data that we need for our views from the model, from the data. Now, it also may manipulate it, may do something with it in some way. So for this example, let's say that my name is all lowercase letters in the, in the data, in the model. Now, the view model, right, we may have a requirement that says we need to show those that data in all uppercase. So great, the view model can convert that text to uppercase and then tell the last part, the view, please now display that data. Uh, and here's the data, show it on the screen. And all the view needs to know and should know is I've just been given these two pieces of data, it's some uppercase text, and I need to display it on the screen. The model doesn't know about the view. The view doesn't get the data from the model. That is the business of the view model in between. Now, why do we do it that way? Well, we do it that way because this enables us to change out the way that the model works 
without affecting the rest of our application because the view model is going to tell the view what to do, right? Now, um, again, this can sound very complicated and get very confusing very quickly, but that's just a quick breakdown. And once you start doing it, it makes a lot of sense. So that's number one. Next up is the basic understanding of different technologies for displaying your views. Now, Swift UI is one you may have heard of. Swift UI is the newer uh, technology that Apple wants us to use. They've made it clear they want us to use this. So you may as well start learning it from the outset. It's a declarative language, very similar to XML. If you've ever seen it, or if you've ever done any web development, it's going to look very similar. Uh, don't worry a bit too much about the specifics. Again, you're just looking to get a basic understanding of it. Now, Swift UI is the newer replacement in many ways, but what it actually does is sit on top of the older technologies. Now, what are those older technologies? Well, there's UIKit for the iPad and for the iPhone, and then there's AppKit for the Mac. Now, why am I saying that you should know those as well if they're older technologies? Because they're still very relevant, is the answer. And there are lots of applications out there you're going to encounter that will use those technologies. So having a basic understanding is important, in my opinion. You're going to find as well, over time, there will probably be situations you're going to have to convert that older code to new Swift UI, for example. So that's, that's something that's going to happen a lot over the coming years as old apps get migrated up to the newer technologies. So it's a good practice to have an understanding of those tech, older technologies and how those work as well. You don't want to, you don't have to dive too deeply into them, but you should certainly understand them enough to be able to read the code. Let me put it that way. So that's the, that's sort of the first section of, of technologies there. Now, next up is working with data. This is something that most apps are going to have to do at some point. Uh, certainly games as well, right? Now, there are many different formats and, and standards and everything else, but I've picked what I think are the top ones that you're going to come across. Uh, JSON, right? Um, you know, JavaScript object notation is a very popular one. It, it's everywhere. It is very straightforward to read, very straightforward to write, and is great when it comes to having to send data between different platforms and technologies. So you are going to encounter that one. And next up, Core Data and CloudKit are Apple's technologies. You're going to get a lot of differing opinions on this. But at the end of the day, again, you know, as you're starting out your career here, you really should know at least what core data is and what CloudKit is and what those do for you. And to put it simply, uh, core data is Apple's object. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to not say database, basically, because it's not a database. It's a collection of objects. But CloudKit is the server side, and CloudKit is the magic that does a lot of syncing between different Apple devices, if you've ever come across that. And I am certain you have. You probably just haven't realized it. When it comes to using Core Data and CloudKit, things get a lot easier and a lot simpler with Swift UI than they used to be. Again, just looking to have a basic understanding and knowing what they are is a great place to start. A lot of, a lot of folks never have to use this but you should at least be familiar with it so that you understand the concepts of what they are doing for you, even if you don't understand the code and the syntax. And then 
WebSockets. WebSockets, you know, those are right up there with REST APIs where anytime you're going to speak to a website or some resource on the web, you may be using things like WebSockets for real-time communication and, and that those sort of approaches. So it's good to have an understanding of those and a REST APIs because, again, at some point, you're going to encounter them. REST APIs, for sure, um, that is a very popular standard these days. And so, again, just knowing what they are, at least the concept of how they work is something you're going to want to do there. Moving on, the last one. This is something you may not have to do, depending on the scenario. If you're certainly, if you're new to joining a team, if you are new to joining one of my teams, I'm not going to expect you to do anything in the app store. And in all likelihood, I probably wouldn't ask you to because, you know, it's the last step in the process. But it is important that you understand how the process and flows of working with the app store go because this will give you a better appreciation of what's going on once the development is finished and an app goes into testing in test flight or is being looked to submit it to an app store for review, um, creating the app store web page, how that works, how those get updated, how new updates are pushed out to the store. All of those kind of things are important to at least have an understanding. Again, knowing the process from end to end is a good way to not only broaden your horizons and your skill set, but enable you to work better with clients and teammates and everything else. Now, um, a lot of the App Store parts take place in Xcode. That, of course, is a tool you're going to be using a lot. You know, so th that's another area there where you're going to encounter it in Xcode. And at the very least, you should know what it is, right? Don't just accidentally or purposefully click something and then see what happens. So those are really my my basic areas there that I think you should know as a new developer. There are a lot more of those. Um, this list could go on forever, but those I think are good core concepts to get you started. And and that's you know what I would be looking for in someone who was new to development or came to me and said, "How do I get started?" I hope this has been helpful. Please, please, please reach out to me if you have questions. Just look for Compile Swift on any of the networks anywhere or compileswift.com. I love helping folks out and I'm only too happy to talk about this. We cover this a lot on my live stream. Just go to twitch.tv forward slash compile Swift. You're going to find me there on the live stream. We get a lot of folks drop by the chat room. Love to see you there and always happy to answer the questions. Um, I'm always happy to go over these kind of topics as many times as is needed because I appreciate that it's probably the first time you're asking the question, but hopefully this video or this podcast has gone a long way to helping you with that. If it has, I would love for you to, to follow me on YouTube, if you're watching me on YouTube, or you know follow the podcast. If you would like to leave a, a rating or a review of the podcast, that would be fantastic as well. I truly appreciate that. With that, I will speak to you in the next episode.